Amen. Thank you so much, Charlie. And uh, today, I want to talk to you about what it means to take your place. I don't know how you like to spend your holidays or your free time. Uh, Emily and I and our boys, we've been privileged enough uh, over the last few years to go to Wales at Easter. We love to go to the coast and we love to be pretty active. We like doing some coastal walks. We like doing a little bit of bodyboarding. Um, but when we're not being active, we also like a little bit of downtime. And about 18 months, the place where we were in, we found this 1,000-piece jigsaw puzzle. Yep, we know how to show the kids good good time, uh, no holding us back with the jigsaws. But it was this amazing puzzle, it was like this jungle scene, and just huge diversity, quite complex, and it was fantastic because all of the family could get involved, and every day, each one of us, we were sort of doing a little bit at different times, and we got to the final day of the holiday, and the last piece went in, and although it was good, we were, to be honest, a bit gutted because there were a few pieces missing. And we sort of struggled with that because actually we realized that we didn't get to see the beauty of the completed picture. Each one of you is created uniquely. You have been entrusted with gifts, skills, talents, and resources that only you can bring. Your contribution matters. Without you, something significant is missing, something missing from the bigger, complete picture. Who you are and what you bring is needed and necessary. In this passage today that Charlie read, Jesus is calling the disciples to take their place. And I really believe that God is calling each one of us as his church to rise up and to take our place why? Why is that so important? What can we learn from this passage? Well, the first thing that we can see is that the potential is vast. We read there in chapter 5, verse 1 to 4, One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret with the people crowding round him and listening to the word of God, Jesus is teaching the people by the Sea of Galilee. Luke terms it here the, the lake of Gennesaret. This is a picture of huge Vast potential, great opportunity, limitless potential for life, for creativity and diversity. He's surrounded by huge crowds and he sees Peter and he calls him and he says, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Emily and I have had the privilege, really, of living in this area for over 10 years. We moved to London from Oxford, and we started living in Tooting, then we were in Balham, and more recently, we've been involved in Battersea. And we love this area. We love London, and we see just huge, huge potential for this place and this city. So many people, so many young families, so many young professionals, people searching for love, for meaning, for purpose, for belonging. Such a huge opportunity for us to tell the message and the good news of Jesus. And it's not just potential in our geographical area, it's potential for each one of us. Peter, in this passage, catches a big vision for what God wants to do with his life, for the impact and the difference that he could make. 
Jesus calls Peter out of the ordinary into the extraordinary. Here we find in this passage, Peter is cleaning his fishing nets. Peter's a shift worker. He's been fishing all night. And yet Jesus sees him and calls him out of the ordinary into something extraordinary. He sees his everyday reality and he calls him into an eternal reality. I wonder what your ordinary is. I wonder what your everyday rhythm is. Maybe you're at home with the family, maybe in your place of work, maybe at school or college or university. You see, for Peter, three years on from this moment, he would go on to see 3,000 people give their life to Jesus in one single day on the day of Pentecost. And today, 2,000 years later, over 2 billion people follow Jesus, profess to be Christians in this world. See, Jesus changed Peter's perspective. What was predictable for Peter was a miracle for Jesus. Each one of us in the church is called to take our place, to rise up in our ordinary, in our everyday. Wherever we find ourselves, on the tube, in the school, in college, in university, in our workplaces, making a difference, sharing the love of Jesus with those around us. Jesus reshapes our everyday reality and turns it into an eternal reality. The potential is vast. That's the first thing. The second thing is that nothing is impossible with Jesus. Jesus made what seemed impossible possible. He asked Peter to put down the nets for a catch. And Peter's response is interesting. He says, but master, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. They've been working hard. He's been going for it, but actually he's discouraged and nothing has happened. Uh, They're in a fishing boat now. Jesus was there. Peter's a fisherman. Jesus is a carpenter. And yet Jesus is the one who's giving the instructions. He's the one who's calling the shots. You can kind of understand if Peter felt like, look, Jesus, you do what you do and I'll do what I do. I know what I know, and you know what you know. You're a carpenter. You carry on making things with wood, but I'm a fisherman. But actually, Peter doesn't do that. He chooses to trust Jesus. He trusts in his word. And he says, but because you say so. He's obedient to Jesus' instructions. And he says, I will let down the nets for a catch. What seems impossible to Peter with Jesus is possible. He's willing because of Jesus' words to go again, to be encouraged by Jesus calling him forward. It may be today that you're discouraged in some way. It may be that you're seemingly facing something which is just impossible in your life, maybe in your health, maybe physically, maybe with your mental and emotional health. Maybe this period of lockdown has been so challenging, lonely, isolating. Maybe in your finances, maybe in your relationships or in your family. Maybe in your work. 
those times can be so hard. And I know that Emily and I have experienced that as well, times in our lives where we've been crying out to God for his provision or his healing, times when we've experienced anxiety or bereavement. And maybe it's wider than your own life. Maybe you, you look at the church at this time and you think, how during this time of pandemic is the church going to come through this? Maybe you look at our wider society, some of the huge challenges that we're facing economically, in our health system, unemployment, homelessness, issues with education, challenges for our young people. You might look at the vastness of these things and think, these just seem impossible. But with Jesus, nothing is impossible. Jesus is alive. Jesus is on the move. And he is not finished yet. And I believe that God is raising us up as his church for such a time as this. To step out. To take risks of faith. And to grow and expand. To let down our nets for a catch. And like Peter when he Choosed, when he was choosing to trust, what he did as a result of that, it says that he, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Emily and I have got this sense for us as a church together that we need to get ready for what's coming. We want to get ready to facilitate growth, to build for the future. Sometimes that means that the structures need to change. So like the nets, things don't begin to break. And we need to get ourselves ready to prepare for that in whatever way that looks like. When Emily and I first got married, we had a silver Ford Escort car. And to start with, it was just Emily and I, and then Jack came along, and then Harry came along. And when we had the two boys, we had this opportunity came along to buy a, a large people carrier. And to be honest, it wasn't really a pressing need at the time, but as we talked together and as we sort of thought about our vision for our future family, we were both from families of four children, and if it was possible, we would have loved to have had four children ourselves. So we thought, okay, we're going to buy the car. But we bought the people carrier before we had four kids, We've done that in all areas of our lives. You know, our table and chairs in our kitchen. We've got more than we need. We've got room to grow. And now we've got those four children and they're strapping lads. Jack is our oldest. He's 18. Harry, 16. He's like six foot two. When we go on holiday, we are packed to the gunnels. The roof box, the bike rack. If we had room to store it, we'd probably have a trailer. We need to make room for growth. During his gap year and during this time of lockdown, actually both of our boys have been working on a couple of building sites and they've been doing extension work. They've been digging foundations and they tend to come home from those times. They're filthy, dirty, they're tired, uh, they're sort of pouring with sweat, mucky. And what we've realized is that actually the physical work that they've done has changed the shape of their body. What we believe we need to do as a church is to dig the foundations once again. As it were, to dig for an extension, to dig for growth. Growth is exciting, 
but digging and laying the foundations is not. It's not very often that you walk into a house, maybe a newly renovated house, and you go, oh, wow, look at the foundations of this place. Look at those supporting walls. Look at those weight-bearing pillars. You know, they're the things that are unseen. But people, they tend to look at what's on the outside. They tend to look at the fixtures or the furnishings, the trappings. But some of what we need to do as a church is we need to invest again in the foundations, in some of our infrastructure, in our IT equipment, enabling our staff to work sort of efficiently and effectively. Maybe in some of our production equipment, our audio and visuals. It's amazing that we're, we're borrowing equipment to sort of come and give this message into your homes and into your places where you're watching this today. All of this money is required and needs your investment for our buildings and maintenance. A few years ago, uh, a word was spoken over Emily and I three times in a period of three weeks. And it was that word from Isaiah 54 verse 2. It says, enlarge your home, build an addition, spread out your home, spare no expense. This is what we believe that God is calling us to. And nothing is impossible with Jesus. The third thing is that none of this can be done alone, only in partnership. This takes place when we work together. Verse 7 in this passage said, so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. I love that. Everyone's involved. Everybody's got a part to play in building the kingdom of God. Seeing this vision become a reality in this community and in this city. Come and help. That's the invitation that we hear here. And we know, don't we, that being a Christian is not a spectator sport. We come as contributors, not as consumers. We all have a part to play in, in praying. I love what Daisy and Dan said, prayer is so, so important. A church rising up is a church on its knees. Prayer is not retreating, but it's advancing. It's all about his presence. Moses prayed, unless your presence goes with us, don't send us. We can't do anything in our own strength. We need his power and we need his compassion to give us what we need to do what he's calling us to do in our praying, but also in our serving and in our giving. I find it amazing, humbling just to see all the ways that you're, you're serving with Alpha, with cell groups, with all of the different community ministries, with production and worship and the kids and the youth, the families, side by side, not just as individuals, but we're doing this in partnership. I love what Paul says in the New Testament. He says, we are co-workers in the gospel. That's true for us, us here in this church, but it's also true for us regionally, nationally, and internationally. There was one independent study done recently which looked at the Church of England and it valued the Church of England's contribution to society at 12.4 billion pounds. So much of that is reflected in the work that's happening here locally with Food Bank, with CAP, with Spear, with Future Skills. 
working with the council in these local areas, the Wandsworth Mediation Service, in our prisons ministry. That's what's happening locally, but also nationally. I love hearing what's going on with things like the Trussell Trust or the Love Your Neighbor campaign, this Love Christmas, really just linking up all the work of the churches across this nation to feed the hungry. How can we play our part? What does it look like for us to get involved? And it's for us as the church to partner with local churches, to partner with the diocese. We want to be in unity with the other churches, recognizing that what unites us is infinitely greater than what divides us. That's where he commands his blessing. Jesus prayed that we may be one so that the world might believe. So locally, nationally, and also internationally, it's been amazing to hear this week just the mission partnerships that you are a part of, that you and your money is giving towards. So we do it together, we do it in partnership. And fourthly and finally, this is a vision worth going for. Jesus says to Peter, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch people. So they pulled their boats up on shore. They left everything and followed him. You might be watching this today and you might be thinking, okay, I get it. You know, I can see the potential. I can see how I can make a difference. Nothing is impossible for Jesus. I've got my part to play. I know that there's a role for me to be involved, but I'm still unsure. If that's the case, then you are in good company. That was exactly Peter's response. He felt unworthy and afraid. He said, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. I know I can certainly feel like that sometimes. I sometimes think, what am I doing this for? Like, what have I got to give? What difference can I make? And after all, how much is this going to cost me? Is it going to work? Is it going to be making a difference? And Jesus' response to Peter Those three powerful words, don't be afraid. It's so easy to disqualify ourselves, but let's not let fear and insecurity hold us back. Just think what God might do if we put our trust in him and follow him. I think of people through history like Wilberforce, you know, with the abolition of the slave trade. I think of people like Robert Rakes who inspired the Sunday school movement. Just huge, huge impact on people in this nation and in the church. I wonder what your deep water might look like. Maybe it's inviting that friend to Alpha. Maybe it's talking to someone at work about Jesus. Maybe it's getting involved in serving in some way. Maybe it's starting that business that you sense God is calling you to. Perhaps it's stretching a little bit more financially, giving sacrificially. This is what the church is called to. I love this tweet that I read this week. It says, the church is a rising giant, a vast army of spirit-filled people, full of power, unified in purpose. This is a moment for the church, for us to rise up, not to retreat, but to advance 
each one of us unafraid to serve willingly, to give generously, to love extravagantly. And I want to encourage you today in your heart to ask God, how do you want me to give? What can I contribute today? What can I do? Many of you will know uh, John and Carol Wimber. Carol Wimber is the wife of the late John Wimber who pioneered the vineyard movement of churches. And a few years ago, she was interviewed, really telling the story of how the vineyard movement began. And in the interview, she gave a prophetic word that she had about five years ago. And in that prophetic word, she talks about God speaking to her and saying that everyone needs to take their place. This was the word. She said, I need the whole body of Christ in their places for what's coming. And it is coming. And it's like a puzzle. Nobody fits but them. He needs us in our place for what's coming. Find out what God is calling you to do and do it with all of your heart because no one else is designed to do it like you can do it. No one else will be able to do what you're being called to do. Each one of us is unique, designed for our place. And I believe that that's a word for each one of us today. Peter was called to take his place. And as a response to that invitation, it said he left everything and followed Jesus. Look at the impact of his life, the disciples' lives, the difference that they made. Wherever you are today, God is calling you to take your place so that we might see the kingdom of God extended. We might see faith rise. We might see the church grow and we might see this city flourish in Jesus' name. Amen. What we're going to do now is we're just going to take a moment to pray and I'm I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. And again, wherever you're watching this, it may be that you're in bed, you might be in your kitchen, wherever you are. And just, this is a moment just for us to respond. Very simply, we're just going to pray, come Holy Spirit. And during this time, I just want to encourage you just to ask the Holy Spirit, how do you want me to give? Maybe your time, but also thinking financially, what could that look like to invest in this vision? So let's pray together. You may just want to hold your hands out like you're receiving a gift. We recognize today that we can never outgive the giver. Father, would you send your Holy Spirit? Speak to each one of us. We thank you that you gave your one and only Son that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. And I pray, Lord Jesus, as you've given to us, would you show us how we should give back to you? Speak to us, Lord. And it may be right now that God is sort of giving you ideas, maybe creative ideas, maybe entrepreneurial ideas, maybe that he's just whispering something that you can give Father, we thank you that you see us 
you call us today to take our place. Give us the cold, give us the boldness, give us the courage, and give us the faith to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.